All right, I've got a word. Go to Psalm 121. This is what I believe in all of my heart is the, one of the scripture chapters for 2021. Now, we just celebrated a Jewish New Year, uh, which is 5781. But if you look at 2021, I mean, it is almost upon us. My wife yesterday was out putting like this holiday stuff up around the house, you know, pumpkins and all that. And I was the a pumpkin carrier. You know, I had to carry all the pumpkins. <laughs> And uh, she was getting rid of some of the old spring and summer stuff and making it really look fall. And I told her, I said, Brenda, I don't know why you're putting this up. Christmas is just around the corner. We might as well just put up the Christmas lights, <laughs> right? Because that's how close we are. Are you, are. are you amazed at how close we are to the end of the year, those of you that are watching? I'm, but to be honest with you, I just want to get out of 2020. <laughs> I just want I just, I just want to get out. In the words of John Travolta in a movie, I just want to ride. I just want to ride, you know. I just want to ride. I just want to get out, you know. I just want to go. I just want to get out of here, you know what I mean? That's what all I want to do. So I just want to get out of 2020. I want to get into 2021. But here's the thing. We're going to look back on 2020. We're going to see how good God has been. And so I've been really praying, and I said, Lord, what, what would you say to the people regarding a new year? You know, because I know some of you have really gone through some stuff, and those of you that are watching, it's been kind of a harsh year, and, and God prophesied that, if you remember, back in September of last year, a documented prophecy where God spoke about plagues, he talked about it being a harsh beginning of a decade and a new year, and he said, but that's not how it's going to wind up. And so as I was seeking the Lord, I said, God, what, what do you want for this year coming up, 2021? I mean, it's, it's approaching so fast. And we were on uh, Southwest Believers Conference. They asked us to do a TV interview show. And uh, we were just getting interviewed. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord came on me. And I began to prophesy about 2021. And God said something that shocked me. How many of you have ever had the Lord say something to you that shocks you? Yeah, isn't that amazing? Or you've had a, a prophecy where it shocks you when it comes out of your mouth because you, you hear your mouth say something, your ears are going, uh-oh. You know, I've had plenty of those. But when this came out of my mouth, I was like, whoa. It, it was like I hadn't thought of that. Here's what it was. Spirit of God said 2021 will not just be one like in the number, you know, 2021, but it'll be 2021, W-O-N. And then he said it will be a year of victory. It'll be a year of celebration. It'll be a year of joy. It'll be a year of tremendous blessing because of the harshness of what my people have gone through in the earth. Now, isn't that good news? 2021. Give a shout for 2021. Amen. So look at Psalm 121 because I really believe as we talk about preservation, and we'll get into what, it, what do I mean by preservation. Psalm 121, I believe, is one of the <clears throat> chapters. In fact, I'm memorizing it right now because I'm gonna, I really feel like this is what God is saying to us. But notice what it starts off with. I will lift up my eyes into the hills for where my help comes or where does my help come from. You know, uh, there's different theological viewpoints on this. Some are saying that he looked up to the hills because the hills of Jerusalem was a sign of great victory. But other theologians say, no, he was actually looking up at the hills. And there was obviously uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, the enemy was out there or there was some kind of threat that was coming. Well, how many of you have ever felt like, you know, things are trying to come at you? And so the statement from whence cometh my help. In other words, again, one side says that he looked up and realized that victory comes from the high places or from the places of the hills where God, you know, ruled and reigned. But other theologians say, no, it was really 
I lift up my eyes into the hills. There's a threat. And, and where does my help come from? Well, then in verse 2, he gets the answer, okay? Or he declares what the answer is, whichever way you look at it. He says, my help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now watch this, verse 3. He will not cause my foot to be moved. So God's going to take care of our feet this coming year in 2021. We aren't going to be moved. We're not going to be moved. It's not going to be like it once was. Things are going to settle down in the earth. Things are going to settle down in the streets. Things are going to settle down in the communities. You say, well, Pastor Hank, why? Because some of these people that have been leading in their communities that are allowing what went from protest to crime, uh, they are not going to be voted back in. And, and it's going to shift a whole... It's going to shift something in the spirit and in the natural that is going to close some of the nonsense that we're seeing. Um, I, I believe that we're in a new season, and we'll get to that in just a moment. You know, the, the Supreme Court nomination, we're going to talk about that for a minute, is not just, you know, a vacant seat. It represents a shift in the battle. You know, it seems like the enemy has had the upper hand. And, uh, but God knows how to pick a fight, and he always picks fights when he wants to, and he always knows the outcome, and that is he never has lost, never will, and he has picked a fight. And I like the fact that he's picked a fight because it's like in 1 Kings 18 where there was a lot of confusion going on and a lot of you know, things being said through the mouths of false prophets, the prophets of Baal, and yet God spoke to a prophet, Elijah, for a fight that God was choosing. And I liked it because the prophets of Baal, they cut themselves, a lot of people have been cutting themselves. In other words, they have been bringing upon themselves self-inflicted wounds. They're bleeding. You think that it looks like they have the upper hand, but really it's their last desperate effort to try to be in control. And they're losing power. They're going to lose power. And you're going to see that God is the master chess player. And he's got them in checkmate right now. So your feet are not going to be moved. He that keeps you will not slumber. Okay, God doesn't have any slumber parties. <laughs> Behold, or look at this, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon your right hand. We'll talk about what these mean more in detail. The sun shall not smite you by day. Watch this one. Or even the moon by night. Well, how does the moon smite you? Well, we're going to talk about that. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. See that word preserve? That's a, that's a word of protection. The Lord will preserve you. Notice it's not just from some evil. It's how much evil? All evil. And he shall preserve your soul, which is very important. It means, especially in a season where it can be frightful, those of you that are watching, God has the ability to preserve your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, so you don't feel like you're having a panic attack, or you don't have to get into fear and anxiety. You can have your soul preserved or protected. And the Lord, verse 8, shall preserve, watch this, you're going out. So whenever you go out, God's going to protect you. And whenever you come back in, he's going to protect you. And so it will be from this time forth, even forevermore. So I want to talk about the God of preservation. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Look at what came out of Jesus' own mouth. This is not Hank Kuhneman's um, statement, but it's Jesus's. And I want you to see what the Lord of the church has declared about the spirit of preservation. Now, as you're going to Luke 10, 19, you say, well, Pastor Hank, what does preservation mean? As you go to Luke 10, verse 19, I want to remind you of the chapter that I just read to you. 
Psalm 121, the Lord will preserve you or the Lord will protect you. The Lord will keep you. What that literally means is to be hedged about like with thorns. Okay? Anybody that tries to touch you is going to be harmed. Right? I remember years ago, and mom, you remember this, my, uh, her, her mother and, and, and uh, father, actually it was her father, but uh, my grandparents planted cactuses on a hill because kids would, would go down when, on their way to school and they would just, you know, jump over the, the little fence and then go down the hill for a shortcut. Well, they quit doing that when there was cactuses there. Well, one day, my cousin and I, we decided that we wanted to take on the beehives that were, you know, happening, and so we were swatting them and all this, and we hit a beehive, and they started chasing us, and I forgot that that hill was filled with cactuses, and I'm, you know, smacking the bees as they're chasing me, and I was pretty young, I don't know, probably maybe eight, nine, and, and I ran all the way through the cactus bed, and I fell in it and rolled in it, and had needles all, uh, all over my whole body. You talk about pain. My grandma, I had, mom, I had to take like a tomato bath or something like that. It was so nasty. I mean, I felt like one of those canned tomato things, you know, where you can. It was so gross. But I mean, we, I remember it took her hours to get those things out of me. But think about the heads that's around you. No devil wants to try to touch you because it's like you're hedged in with thorns. You're guarded, you're protected, and you're attended to. So to be preserved, your head's about with thorns, you're guarded, you're protected, and you're attended to. In other words, God doesn't just, you know, forget about you. No, he protects you. It means to keep safe from injury, to be kept safe from harm, keep safe from destruction. It means to protect you, to keep you alive, okay, free from decay. These are all the words when God says in Psalm 121 that he will preserve you. Now go to Luke 10, as I said, because I want you to see what, God, what Jesus said. He said, look, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now watch this. Here's your word of preservation. And nothing will by any means hurt you. Wait a minute. Jesus, you mean by no means shall anything hurt me. No means shall anything harm me. That's preservation. How many know that's preservation? You say, well, how can that be possible? How many of you have called upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Right? That's what the scripture says. Romans 10, verse 13. They can put that up for our viewers. Romans 10, verse 13 says this. Whoever, that's, how many of you are a whosoever? Look at your neighbor and say, you're a whosoever. Amen? Whosoever, right? That's who you are. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Notice that word saved. That's the Greek word sozo, right? You have sozo rights, you have a sozo package. Well, Pastor Hank, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and I'm forgiven of my sins. Yes, that's, that's part of it, and that's the big piece of your wonderful sozo package. But what it literally means is whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be healed, delivered, blessed, protected, rescued from harm, preserved. You're going to be preserved. You're going to be hedged in like with thorns, man. That's, that's your right. That's why Jesus said, by no means shall anything harm or injure you. Well, Pastor Hank, I, I don't believe it. Well, then you need to say, Lord, help thou my unbelief. Doesn't change the fact of what's been provided for you and to you. Amen. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to receive it or not, it doesn't change the fact that it exists. 
Amen? So you can walk around as one big bad self. Amen? You can do the John Travolta walk. Amen? That whole song was about preservation. Staying alive. Staying alive. Staying alive. Staying alive. Glory to God. If we had Shane here, I'd have him sing it. He can sound just like one of the Bee Gees, man. He can. I used to wear my hair like those guys. Can you, Mom, didn't I? Had to part in the middle. It looked like Moses came along and said, part. And the, the, I had this big old part, Red Sea part, man. How many of you had one of those big old parts in the middle of your hair, your hair down to here? Paul, you did not. Paul, that's right. And I was going to say you were cool, but you're still cool. But you, were, you, you look cool in those days, Paul. Paul's totally cool. But I just can't imagine you the big old part in your hair, Paul. I want pictures. We want evidence. Kamala, your job is don't let him know we want to show it next week. Okay. Now, I want you to see something real quick because this is important to me. That you understand just what this word preservation means. So go to Genesis chapter 2 in verse 15. You need to pray this over you. You need to declare, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of preservation upon my life, upon my children, upon my car. Well, what are you saying? By no means shall anything harm or injure me. What are you saying? Off limits, devil. Amen. That's where MC Hammer comes in. You can't touch this. That's another word of preservation. I mean, these songs are so amazing. I mean, some of you just need to know how to, I mean, I would demonstrate MC Hammer here, but I don't want to make any of you jealous with my moves. You can't touch this. Now my knee hurts. So let's go back to the scripture. Now look here. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. Watch this. To dress. Well, what does that word dress means? The word dress means work. It means you got to plow, right? You got to work your life. You got to work your, 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 your life of faith. You got to work at things. And then it means to pray. So, you know, don't just be about work. Be about worship. That's what it means. It means to worship. So the word key, dress means to toil, to till, and then to worship. But then notice the word keep. What is that word keep? Well, that word keep is the same word that I just showed you in Psalm 121 that the Lord will keep you from all evil or he'll preserve you from all evil or he'll preserve your soul, right? How, how many get this? So he was to keep the garden. What was he supposed to do? The word keep there means to take great care over, to watch over, to guard, to take heed, and to tend to and restrain, and it also means beware of an enemy. Now, why would he be told to beware of an enemy? Because obviously God knew where old Slewfoot was. He was hanging out in the garden. Amen? That's why I don't like gardening. I hate the fact that snakes are in gardens. I mean, that's, I just don't like them. I remember one time I was uh, tending to my grandpa's garden, and I was little, and he used to always garden. He had one of these like little soaker hose things. And I was little. I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine. And um, he told me, he goes, go out there and I want you to kind of start chopping some of the weeds between the, the carrots. Well, I saw, you know, the carrots and everything was so thick. I saw this like black thing with this like, you know, golden stripe down. I thought it was a snake. I took that shovel hoe thing and I chopped it in half. I told Grandpa, I said, Grandpa, I killed the biggest snake in your garden. It was like this. 
he went, really? He went out there and he picks up both sides of the snake. It was his hose. <laughs> so, but I killed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I also got in trouble for it. But anyway, it ain't a long story short. Snakes and gardens, they kind of go together. But here's what it means. Think about it. To beware of an enemy. To watch over. And it's the same thing that God does over us. He, he has a watch. He has a protection. He has a care over you. See, what I'm trying to say to you is, even though this year might have been harsh, do you understand just how beautiful you are to the Lord that he's willing to give his attention and his time to you? To make sure you're okay. You're taken care of. Now, look at Genesis 17, because we see in verse 9, in regards to the covenant that God uh, gave to Abraham that they established between both of them. A covenant is agreement. It was, it was sealed and brought on by blood, right? And so I want you to see in Genesis 17, verse 9, you see this word keep again. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep, again, watch over, guard, Take heed to, tend to, beware of an enemy of my covenant. Isn't that amazing? Most people, when it comes to their covenant rights, okay, as a believer, that sozo package I gave you, many believers are not tending to it. They're not watching over it. They're not being aware of the enemy who's challenging. Come on, every time that symptom screams in your body, it's the enemy challenging what God has given to you that you need to keep. You need to keep your right to be healed. You need to keep your right to be preserved and well. You need to keep the right to live long. You need to keep the right that you're blessed. Amen? That's your covenant package. You can't base it off of somebody's experience. You have to base it off of the package. Listen, I, I can't help it if I gave you a Christmas present and you refuse to use it. Or you don't use it right and you break it. It doesn't change the fact that I gave you a gift that had no fault, no defect. It's in the hands of the beholder or the person that's handling it. It's not in the person that gave you the gift. There's, I mean, I don't know. I deal with stuff on eBay. And I had to return some one time. And they said, well, it was fine when I sent it. I said, well, when I got it, it wasn't fine. And if I lived closer to you, I would love you in a headlock and get my money back. Right? But they said, no, it wasn't that way when I sent it out. Well, bottom line is it was that way when I got it. But some of it is, 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 is uh, what do they call it? Uh, something error. What do they call that? Uh, user error. It's not on the side of our covenant. It's user error. So don't base stuff off of somebody else's experience. Well, I know somebody that died. I know somebody that was sick and died. I know somebody that believed and it didn't work for no, 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 no. You're trying to change your covenant? You've got to keep it. The covenant works. The covenant exists. It doesn't change the fact that God said, I will preserve you and protect you and head you in. So he was to guard over his covenant. I want you to look at Genesis 15 because when, when God was establishing this covenant with Abraham, something happened that you have to understand will always try to challenge your preservation or your covenant rights. In Genesis 15, Abram he took unto him all of the, these. These were the animals that he cut in half, the bullocks, and, and he divided them in half. And he laid one piece on the one side and on another, but the birds he didn't divide. Now look at verse 11. And when the fowls came down 
to grab the carcasses. Now, a covenant was just established. What did Abraham do? He drove them away. Too many Christians, when the enemy, the fowl, you say, well, how is the enemies the fowl? All right, I'll get back to my point about he drew, uh, drove them away. Look at Mark chapter 4. Jesus tells the story about the sower sowing the word. And he tells you who those fowls are. In Mark 4, verses 3 through 4, Jesus says, Behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, or he was planting seeds, some fell by the wayside. Notice, and the fowls of the air came and ate it up. So we're going to talk about the fowls. Go, go to verse 14 through 15. What are the fowls? And the sower sows the word. So now this is Jesus explaining that parable. Okay, he's bringing it down, breaking it down. And he says, these are they which were sown by the side. So he's retelling the story. And when the word is sown, so that was the seed. But when they had heard, notice Satan. Well, who, well who's Satan in the story? He's the fowls and his demons. Comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So how many of you know we've established the fowls are the devil or his demons? Go back then to Genesis 15. And look at verse 11. We're talking about keeping the covenant, Genesis 17:9. In other words, standing for your rights. Look at what happens. And when the fowls came in Genesis 15:11, that's the devil, Mark 4, we just saw that, or his demons, and came to challenge the covenant. The enemy's always trying to challenge your covenant. You wake up in the morning, you don't feel right, right? Or you're believing God for your healing, and that symptom doesn't seem like it's leaving. Or you get prayed for for sadness, depression, and then you walk out. You know, you feel good now, but then life and what you've been going through hits you back up in the face. Again, it's those fowls that are trying to challenge and come at you. And you need to do what verse, 12 to, uh, uh, verse 11, he drove them away. In other words, stand for your rights of preservation. No, I'm protected. You can't touch this. No, Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, by no means shall anything harm or injure me. That's not my words, it's the words of Jesus. And then what you need to do is, is show the devil that they're in big red letters and God wasn't lying. Now, I say all this because last week I shared with you about how not just our lives are in a place of preservation, but so is this nation. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was <clears throat> just standing in my, my basement working on my trains, and I heard the Lord clearly say to me, in fact, it kind of startled me because his voice was very loud. He said, I want to talk to you, and I want to share with you something. And I turned around, and I said, let your word come to me, Lord. I, I'm here to receive. He said, this nation is not going backwards as some think that it is. And I said, well, Lord, it does look like it is, but I don't, I don't look at it that way. He said, it's not going backwards. It's being uprooted. There's things that have been here for a long time. There's, there's a lot of evil that has been sown into it. And he said, what I'm doing is I'm uprooting it. And he said, there, we're coming into a building and a planting season in the nation. And I said, well, Lord, how, when you look at all of the things that are going on? He said, what is upon this nation is something that I have put there. And I said, what is it? Give me a biblical analogy. He said, Luke 4, and, and we talked about that last week where Jesus comes in the temple and for the sake of time, we won't go there, but I'll quote it and those of you that are watching. Jesus comes in to the temple and the Bible says it was his custom, it was his habit to go into the, the synagogue and it was, uh, I, he stood up to read the daily reading and he reads out of the book of Isaiah, but he declares, he says, look at me, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me to preach this gospel, Right? to heal the brokenhearted, set at liberty those who are in captivity, and so on. 
And, and he, he sits down in Luke chapter 4 after reading that, and he says, oh, by the way, as all eyes are looking at him, uh, boys, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now think about this for a moment. He then goes on and describes some more things, and the people are getting madder and, and angrier by the minute. And it's like Jesus is picking a fight, right? Why, why, why are you rubbing it in more, Jesus? But they were so mad that as he was exiting the synagogue and walking, they began to conspire on how they can grab a hold of this lunatic in their mind, Jesus, and throw him off of a cliff. That's, you can read that in Luke chapter 4. You can find that in verses 28 through 30. So they get him to the end of the hill or the cliff, and they're going to throw him off. So they must have had him in their grasp. And they go to throw him off, and Jesus... You can't touch this, right? He disappears. The Bible says he walks and passes right through the midst of them. I don't believe that he went like Moses. Open up, and there was a parting of the sea of Pharisees and idiots. No, I don't believe that. Just like Philip was translated, see him here, now he's gone. Jesus passed through supernaturally. Well, what was it? Well, he told you in Luke 4, the anointing of God is upon him. So the anointing is a preserving anointing. If, if you don't believe me, think about it. We often talk about Moses and Aaron. No, Aaron and Miriam, excuse me. Moses' brother and sister-in-law that began to challenge Moses. You all remember that? Remember, uh, Miriam got leprosy. And you think, well, how come Aaron got off scot-free? Where was his punishment? Well, if you read a few chapters later, God tells Aaron, come out here. I want you to stand before me. And he does something. Now, up until then, everything is going great in Aaron's life. He thinks that he got off scot-free. His sister got leprosy. But it didn't happen to me. Some people are like that. Some Christians, you know, have watched others' judgment fall on them or other people get in trouble because they touch something they shouldn't. And they think there's part of the same deal that they're okay and it won't bother them it won't hit them well it will if it's unrepented Aaron God calls him out and watch this lifts the anointing off of his life says come here take off your garments that garment was his mantle or his anointing and he died immediately after that anointing was lifted because he had an anointing or a spirit of preservation upon his life God has placed this anointing of preservation over the United States. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But right now, Sunil's getting ready to go there. Is that part of the return, Sunil? Or is that a different conference? It's a different conference. But there's conferences right now calling the nation back to God. And they're showing up by 200,000, 300,000. I mean, it's just growing. People are crying out to God. There's an awakening happening. Listen, if you look at what's happening with that guy from Bethel, Sean, um, and how he's going into the beaches and the cities. And, and there's prophecies. Somebody posted on our Facebook page the other day some prophecies that, that this vessel prophesied about how they would, wherever there's been protests, wherever uh, there's been chaos. This was years and years ago, prophecies before a lot of this stuff was happening. God said, pay attention to those places because they will sing and they will worship. And it's a sign of the awakening that has begun. Now, 
I want to revisit something. I want us to look at the Supreme Court justice prophecies that I shared with you last week. You say, well, why, Pastor Hank? Because in it, these are prophecies before what just took place yesterday. Yesterday, the president just appointed a woman, Amy, uh, what's, what's her last name? Comey Com uh, Barrett, Amy Barrett. Okay, they're calling her a compassionate woman. They're calling her a mother. There's prophecies. Uh, I, I've, we've got to find it, Sunil. I know it's out there because I remember it coming from my lips where God says, watch the Supreme Court vacancy that will arise. I'll put a mother there. How many remember that prophecy? And it is bothering me. I'm like, God, a mother there. Why are you saying a mother there? So these prophecies were before. Uh, in fact, one from 2016 was before, eight days before the election. Okay, are, are you listening? This is crazy that God talked about the third vacancy and he talked about who he was going to put there. Well, pastor, why are we, we, we saying these things? You know, shouldn't there be a, a separation of church and state? No, there needs to be a separation from the state getting involved in the church, but the church needs to get involved in the state. Okay. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Prophets were always speaking into the kings. If God wanted a separation, he would have just had them hang out in the cave and prophesy to, you know, people, you know, driving by on their camels. Thank you. Okay, October 26, 2016. Look at this prophecy, because this is the spirit of preservation. This is, I mean, how many years ago? Almost five years ago. So God prophesies, your Supreme Court will change, for I am the Supreme Judge. God says, watch, for I will raise up. So how many of you know this is his pick? Well, Pastor, don't you know all the fight that's to get ready to happen? There's a spirit of preservation upon the nation. When there is a vacancy of two, and then what? Watch the third one. Are we also now been three vacancies since that prophecy? Okay. The Spirit of Grace says there shall be a woman that I will place there at the helm or in, in a place of authority. And this shall be a compassionate woman. That's what they're calling her. Says the Lord, and it shall be her compassion for the right for the unborn. So she's the mother of what, seven? Five biological, two adopted. Uh, right for the unborn to live that shall overturn and topple the laws that have aborted the innocent. What does a nation look like filled with glory? Can you see it? Can you see it? Says the Lord. Yes. And when glory comes, it brings a certain level of preservation. Well, how? All right. We're going to look at the next prophecy, but I'm going to tell you there's a spirit of preservation here and it has to do with God's glory or anointing. Think about it. God said this is the decade of difference. Yes or no? Yes. Said it ahead of time. What was the prophetic analogy? Remember, Jesus used the analogy of as in the days of Noah, okay, for a prophetic analogy. God spoke a year ago, said we're going to enter into harshness, there'll be plagues, and he said it'll be like with Egypt and Israel where there were plagues, right? Think about that. What protected Israel from Pharaoh and his mighty army, the most powerful army on the face of the earth? It was the anointing of preservation. Why do you think there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? And when they rose up to try to challenge Israel, that preservation went into action. Okay, so no matter what the enemy's going to try through this election, it's not going to succeed. Yeah, they're going to try things. They're going to try even afterwards, but it will not succeed because there's something greater upon this nation. And it's God's anointing of preservation, just like he did with Israel. Why, why can't they? Here, Israel's one of the smallest uh, nations on the planet, and yet they can't take them out. Because there's a spirit of preservation over the nation. What you have to be careful of 
is that you agree with God. Or what you have to be careful of, not that you agree with God, you have to be careful that you don't disagree with God. If God has put his hand on, let's say, this administration, don't go up against it. Don't go up against God's plan. If God wants abortion overruled, don't you vote for those people in office. Or you'll go against the anointing of preservation. Let's look at the next one. Let's look at uh, whichever one they put up. May 22nd. So this was in 2019, May 22nd, 2019. God says, just as things get heated up in your land, okay, are things heated up in the land? There shall be a distraction that shall be from your Supreme Court. Is there a distraction right now? But it's a God-picked fight. It will bring discussion, fear, arguing, bickering, because it's about to fall on this nation. One who stood for death in the womb. Okay, who's he talking about? Watch, he's going to talk, he's going to tell you. Justice demands your replacement. So he's already prophesying a year ago that this is going to start happening. There's going to be a replacement. Therefore, he tells you who it is. A woman has been chosen to rise up. A woman for a what? Okay, so God's the one. This is God's chess piece. I, I can't wait to watch those opposing senators and congressmen try to fight against God's pick. It's going to be very interesting. You aren't going to win. So you might as well just bring your lunch and vote. Yes. And enjoy your peanut butter and jelly sandwich on Capitol Hill. So... A woman has been chosen, a woman for a woman. Injustice for justice, okay? In other words, there's been injustice, there's going to be justice. This is a new era that I speak of, says the Spirit of God. Now let's go to the last one, and you can stand to your feet after this reading. Oh, let me read it first, and then you can stand. Okay, this is December 31st, 2018. I'm greater than your Senate, and I'm greater than your Supreme Court. I will shake your court again. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. And one who represented death, who is part of legalizing death, Somebody wrote in and said, well, she wasn't even part of Roe versus Wade. It didn't say that. It said represented. Duh. See, some people, they read the prophecies, and I'm like, are, are, are you reading the same thing? I mean, they hammered me over the coronavirus prophecies. I had a guy write me uh, who you, I thought he was a friend, said, you know, oh, what about your false prophecy about the coronavirus? I said, what false prophecy? You're reading the headlines of people who hate me. Okay, I never said this virus wouldn't come to the USA. How stupid. It was already here when that prophecy was there. Are you here? Well, you prophesied it'd be eradicated. It is going to be eradicated. Just because you're putting your time frame upon it, that's you. You're the false one. So they read the headlines and then label the one speaking truth. That's wrong. Anyway, why am I saying that? Needed to be said. Anyway, thank you. You're so kind. Thank you. All right, I'm almost done because I need to go eat some food. That's why I like the little longer between services. I can eat something. Okay. I do. I get to eat a protein bar. I'm greater than your Senate, and I'm greater than your Supreme Court, and I'll shake your court again. And Oh, and that's what we're talking about. And one who represented death who is part of legalizing death to those who never had a chance to walk on the earth. I'm talking about babies. I shall take that which represented death of a ruling of a woman, and I shall give back to your courts a woman who shall represent justice. And as this takes place, get ready, because this is the new era that I'm speaking. So the spirit of preservation, you know, that was upon Israel, the nation, you know what, what they couldn't understand is what some Christians can understand. It's why you need to vote. 
and, and vote right, is here God put preservation of a, of a cloud by day, fire by night, and, and they could not see that God was preserving a nation, and God was trying to bring them into a new era. Here they've been under slavery, they had been under bondage, right? And yet God was trying to show them, I've got something new for you. Most people, I, I, I hate it. I, I, I talk to neighbors and we get into political discussions and they don't know what I do because I don't usually tell them unless Brenda's around and then she tells them. I'm like, Brenda, don't tell them. I don't want them to know what I do because it changes the dynamics of everything, right? So I just want to tell them I'm a philosopher. <laughs> Hardly, I'm not a philosopher. I tell them I write children's books. That's literally what I say, because it's truth. I write children's books, and they like it. Oh, he's a nice guy. But when they find out you're a preacher and you're that guy, you know, depending upon where they see you or what they've read. So, you know, it's amazing to me. I get into discussions, and, and I'm sitting here going, Are, it's obvious what you're feeding on. You know, they're feeding on so much news, and, 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 and it's, so, it's so twisted that they would literally continue on a path that they would put a vote to continue to murder babies, for example. They would put a vote next to someone who wants to take your religious liberties. I'm like, where have you been? What are you watching? And so we're in a new era, and I want you to understand that. You know, I told Brenda today, I don't know where you're at politically, that's not my point, but listen, we gotta talk about it because we're about up to a, a election. I said, Brenda, do you think that whether you like the guy or not, any president that appoints 300 conservative judges, over 300, okay, the, the book of Isaiah says God is going to give us judges, righteous judges as the first. Okay, not ones that legislate from the bench, but stand up for our Constitution. Why have it if we don't ever, you know, read it, tend to it, follow it, right? So I said, you mean to tell me that just in the last four years there's been how much done, and I went down the list of things that have actually been done, and it's been fact-checked, because I did it, and I, and I went down the list of all the things that have been done, and I said, now, if you are God, and you've got people in Washington, D.C. right now crying out in repentance, you, you've got, your church has been silenced, pushed aside, persecuted like crazy, do you think for a minute that God is going to allow this nation to go backwards? I said, Brenda, how, how, how is that a new era? Now, it's an, it might be a new era of bad, but it's been bad, <laughs> okay? We, we're, we're, we've been watching just how much bad has been here. I mean, come on. You know, this stuff didn't just appear overnight. It's been here. And no matter what administration that you voted for, you liked or disliked, can I be honest with you? I look at the last 40 years of stuff, and I think, wow, who really did stand up for this nation they can, they, can, they can talk a big talk and get your vote, but when it's all said and done, what kind of damage did they do? And did they really do what was beneficial? That's open for your own debate. My own opinion, my opinion, I've been disappointed. I want something greater, and I'm watching it happen before my eyes. So God says there's a new era that I'm speaking, and it's what I've seen when I've when I've prophesied i've seen the future there shall be a reversal of the laws go ahead and stand on your feet upon the land that aborts the children in the womb and it's coming coming fast amen, amen. all right
You say, I want to show you one last scripture, Hosea 12, verse 13. You say, well, why, why do we want to talk about this stuff in church? Well, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, God has set in the church, what? Apostles, prophets, right? Okay, Ephesians 4, 11, Jesus, the Lord of the church. Okay, I'm not going to mess with Jesus. I saw his eyes a couple months ago in a vision, and he was not happy. And he was saying that there are some that were calling themselves apostles. And listen to me, those of you, because we just had somebody write in, well, there's a prophet out there that's prophesying a huge economic collapse and different things. And listen, I've never seen so many prophets rising up in this hour in my whole life. And I've never seen so many visions and dreams and all kinds of stuff coming out of nowhere. And I want to say, well, God, if these people are speaking for you, then why'd they wait till now? Because it's sure confusing a lot of folk. And, 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 and it's all over the place. And so that's not how God operates. So the reason I, I'm bringing these things up, now next week is going to be totally different. I'm not going to talk about the Supreme Court unless I feel like I'm supposed to. I want to focus on the scripture specifically that the Lord has said about this new year so that we can shift it from the political landscape and I want to shift it for you. I want to shift it for you. And the reason I do is because I want to give you hope. So we're going to revisit Psalm 121 in great detail. And I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Read Psalm 121. Read Psalm 21. Those are the two scriptures that I feel very prompted by the Lord is going to be our celebration. Psalm 121 and Psalm 21. It, and read it out of the New Living Translation, Psalm 21. Or Psalm 21. It's powerful. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to break it down verse by verse. And you're going to get excited. All right. Hosea 12, verse 13. We're going to close with this. Why do we talk at times politically or why do I bring up things? Well, obviously this is an interesting year. We've had to kind of speak a lot more than usual. God has had to release out of my mouth as one of his vessels a lot more politically than maybe what I like even at times and even how, what I'm comfortable with. But we have to understand how God operates. Notice what he did before. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. Now how many know we need to be brought through a lot of the insanity that's going on? We've got to have a word from the Lord that, you know, God, how are we, what, what's after COVID? <laughs> what's after the election? What, 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 what's next, this 2020 weird, weird year? Well, God will use the prophetic anointing to do it. He brought a nation out through a prophet. He's doing it again. There are true prophets speaking right now, and there's a whole lot of weird ones and self-appointed ones that are trying to not bring you out. They're trying to, they're trying to hedge you in. And by a prophet, was he, talking about the, the nation, was he preserved? Or even the vessel was preserved also. But think about that. God uses the prophetic office or anointing to bring preservation or protection. And so what I'm sharing with you is to bring protection. Against what? Against the forces of darkness who's trying to bring deception. Against the forces of darkness that are trying to bring fear and confusion and anxiety and bring a word of truth so that we share these prophecies and different things so you can see, wow, Hank, this is different than the news. This is different what people are saying, but how do you argue with the news before the news that we're reading right now? Wow, God, I'm not afraid of the election. I'm so excited about it. I'm going to get out and vote and do my part, and I'm going to watch us celebrate. I'm going to watch this nation have victory, even when they, even when they respond dis divisively. They're going to respond divisively. I'm telling you, there's going to be a decisive thing that God does 
that is going to bring an outrage that will be divisive. Don't pay attention to the divisiveness. What you need to see is this marks the shift. I'm telling you, that is a beautiful thing. Father, I pray for every person in the sound of my voice, and I pray, Lord, that you would release that anointing of preservation upon them, over them. It is well with them. It is well with their bodies. It is well with their marriages. It is well with their children. It is well with their vehicles. Lord, it is well with their finances, their job, everything they put their hands to. Lord, it's well with this nation. It is. And Lord, it's not going backwards. It's going forward. And we are so honored to be a part of history being made. Lord, let your anointing of preservation be upon your choice, Lord, for the Supreme Court. And I thank you, Lord, nothing is going to be able to take her out and nothing, Lord, is going to be able to falsely accuse her. It will not stand in the land. I ask you to laugh and I pray with your laughter that you would release sound waves that brings a great shaking and frustration to those who oppose your plan and oppose the one that you have chosen. Lord, I'm not saying there's anyone perfect except Jesus, but Lord, when you put your blessing upon someone's life that you pre-told and prophesied ahead of time, I'm not going to uh, resist it. I'm going to go along with it, and I'm going to continue to stand in agreement with you. And I pray that your people would do so as well. And I thank you for it. Bless them now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.